Hey guys, this is Babs Tar, artist of Batgirl, and you're listening to Lost at Home Podcast. Jeremiah Johnson. Hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, welcome back. Yay, back, sort of. Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah. my name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And welcome back again, and honestly, if this is the first time you've ever listened to our podcast, you are in for a treat. This is the 2015 Year in Review. That's right, we uh, we at one point did a little bit of a sampler pack. But that was kind of like just a little little taster of some things. This is more of a, a a look back at the year and the special things we did together. Like fucking <laughs> baby, he starts right off strong, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this guy does. Can't believe you have him on the show. Who's this firecracker? I'm Jeremiah. <laughs> uh. Uh. Yeah, and if, you, uh, if you've never listened to the show before, this is going to be a treat. What we've done is we've culled from the last 12 months our best uh, skits, songs, uh, interviews, uh, little bits from episodes. You're going to hear a lot of talk about midgets. You're going to hear a little bit of uh, Dan Harmon, comedian James Adomian, as he does his classic Bernie Sanders impression. A uh, little Nicholas Brendan, some Star Wars talk, some Juggalo talk. That's right. Uh, Bruce Bruce makes a little guest appearance. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've got some we've got some good bits. So we kind of took took the time. Uh, I, I don't want everybody to think we're just copping out with a clip show here. This really is like a nice little year review thing. We took actually these little clip shows that we we kind of put together, or the uh, or the pre recorded ones, tend to actually take a lot more uh, resources. We found uh, over the years to to put together. So it's actually. Uh, especially for you, so you can get reminded of how how great a show this is, and how you should shout us out and and talk to us and find us on Twitter and all that stuff, which we'll go over at the end of the show. We're gonna make you wait and hear th- all the good stuff before we bombard you with all our plugs. But uh, before we do that, there is one plug I want to throw in real quick. Actually, two. Mm-hmm. I want to throw out a Hero Crate. They are our sponsor currently, and if you go to HeroCrate.com and you use offer code Lost at Home, all one word, at checkout, you get 5% off your order, whether it be one month of crates, six months, 12 months. Uh, what you get is a subscription box full of Hero, or if you go to Villain Crate, which is their, uh, their other promotion, uh, you get a Hero or a Villain themed box whether it be punisher ghost rider superman spider-man star wars themed etc um it's a great service we love it we've received them ourselves we love it uh we think you will too i mean there's a lot of these subscription services out there but this one's really really quality darn straight 
And our second plug is a bit of a, an odd one. Um, there is now a loosely knit community that is very quickly becoming tight uh, called Pottern Family. Uh, on Twitter, you can find it using the hashtag Pottern Family. And it's about 40 core podcasts that are all like-minded and are sick of the network-style statuses that are out there. Uh, basically, it is a loose network where no one is telling anyone what to do, how to do anything, what to say, what not to say. It's simply a support system of retweeting and uh, liking each other's things and becoming friends and offering support in any way needed. Yeah, some cross-pollination. Uh, so if you happen to listen to one of those shows or our, or one of ours, uh, you can actually listen. You'll you'll be turned on to some new shows by just simply by doing what you're doing, which is pretty much following us and hanging out and listening to our show. And you'll, you know, every once in a while, we'll, we, we generally, uh, you know, make sure to, to kind of vet anything that we actually plug or anything like that. So this is a, a good group of uh, folks that we've actually already plugged before on the show that have either helped us out or uh, that we've helped out. And uh, I, I like the, the, the sound of it. Again, it's not really a, it's not so structured where it it's like the network where we all have to fall into into line in some way. We can all just do our own things, be creative, have fun, and uh, and share share the wealth. Yep. Yeah, if you're a longtime listener to our show, you'll recognize some of the people involved. Um, I can't go into naming all forty right now. That'd be boring as fucking hell for you as a listener. <laughs> but I mean, uh, Quadcast with the Quadfather. That's all right, thirty thirty nine more to go, Scott. <laughs> Just go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not about to. Then <laughs> just read. No, second, the quad cost, number one, number two. <laughs> but I definitely did want to give a shout out to a couple. Yeah. Uh, Team Nerd Girls has joined up. Uh, Fear Agenda has joined up. A uh, bunch of other podcasts that we've shouted out on our show, yeah. including one that's going to be helping us with episode 100, which is the Secret Society podcast. And they're a really fun show where they uh, have a website set up where you can tell your secret anonymously to them, and then they'll read it aloud on air and then kind of explore it and talk about it. And I've listened to all 10 of their first episodes, including their uh, Christmas crossover with Team Nerd Girls. And uh, I got to say, freaking awesome. And they're going to be helping us out with episode 100. So look forward to that. And in the meantime, you got about two, three weeks between this and then. So uh, go check out their show and uh, get accustomed to their dry British wit. All right. So without further ado, uh, I'm sure you're all just clamoring to hear us sing, do some funny accents and talk to famous celebrities. So without further ado, let's just jump the fuck right in. Sounds good. Guess I'll go ahead and load up the uh, Lost Home podcast. See if we got any new five star reviews or anything. Oh, what's this? We got something. Let's see, this is a new one. We got one from Me Steak. Me Steak says uh, I was shopping around for a new show, and this one was exactly what I needed. It's strange, funny, and a little effed up. But I kind of like that, so. Um, I think I'm gonna tell you about the show. Here it goes. We may be filthy mouth, we may be crass, but we do this for five stars and love, baby, not for fame and cash. Some may say we swear too much, but fuck it, I don't care. I'll bash their mama's pussies up, destroy their derriere. A three titty Floridian, that's just another day. No, we shouldn't talk it up, but we're gonna anyway. But Jack 
Giggles shit and Jesus And timeless Kirk Cameron flicks Giggling grown men with garbage mouth Gabbing about goblins and their dicks It's all a strange Funny A little fucked up Tales of wonder, funny fucked up tales about Find what's slipping through the cracks, the news they don't want you to know Well face fuck your balls with knowledge and fist fuck your juicy brainy holes Mystery poopers and crappin' rappers, we've heard it all before A woman who cut a man's dick off just for peeing on the floor Yeah, sure, we curse a little bit My favorite word is cunt Cuntity cunt cunt cunty cunt 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 It's all a The other theme this week is midgets, Ooh. Um, dwarves, uh, little people, um, little persons, uh, the height disabled. Okay. Um, we uh, we don't um, scum. I, I, I well, no, 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 no. Here, um, uh, despite what you may have heard, uh, life for a little person or a midget, as some prefer to be called, isn't all high end doll furniture and big gulps that double as above ground pools. Mm. Midgets throughout history and across all cultures have had their highs and their lows. <laughs> Yeah, I went there. <laughs> wow. Lows. Because <laughs> the low, low, the little people. Right, right. I'm sorry. I'm going to continue. Lows that, uh, that unfortunately results in our disclaimer that I'm reading right now. Okay. Um, that we will be using the word midget and the word dwarf in this podcast, and we do not hope to offend anyone but to entertain uh, but oh, we so are when going... I said scum earlier, yeah, I probably should have waited yeah. until after your disclaimer because I, I don't feel that way. No, that, actually, was, that was actually a pre-written, pre-thought-out disclaimer. I know some little people, which is like saying, like, I got friends who are black, though I could say Yeah, but I, but I don't believe you this time. <laughs> I do. I, I know people. Yeah. yeah. And I never looked down, so I guess we're even. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we don't mean to offend. We're here to entertain, and uh, we are going to throw around uh, whatever term we feel is appropriate at any point. Uh, we do apologize ahead of time, but... Um, Away we go. All right. Um, Let's start so this off. Let's kick we're going to start off with some fun facts about midgets. All right. Or dwarves. They're people just like us. Well, let's start off with the idea of what a dwarf is. Okay. It is a being from Germanic mythology and folklore, or it's a person or animal who has dwarfism. That's the or, right? Because I was going to say, I, from what I understand, dwarfism is like something people can have. Yeah. And when a, I think a of dwarf, dwarf like dwarf, Lord of the Rings, it's yeah, like a there's fucking, two kinds. got there's an mythology. axe and he's always eating a turkey on a big fucking bone. Except it's not a big bone. It's like a dog's leg. You're right. It it's, just it's, looks it's, like, it's, it's actually like a tiny chicken wing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's a, no, just tell him it's a turkey leg. He'll feel better about himself. Dwarfs. <laughs> Dwarfs. 
And uh, to be clear, um, when we say midget or dwarf, uh, a midget is a person who is short but proportionally formed in their statures. They look like a shrunken down average height person. Like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. And I mean, a, that's like really crazy. And, they and were a like dwarf fucking inches tall. Specifically yeah. is someone who is a person of short stature who has disproportionate shaped bodies. Yeah, dwarfism is what most people think of when they think of midgets. Like their head's a little bigger like, than um, their body. Like Willow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a midget or, would be more like a mini me from um, the, the, the the movie. What, what was that? <laughs> that movie that one time, the Austin Powers movie. Austin Powers, thank you. I, I was actually oh, okay. So that's that. not dwarfism. That's that he would technically be a midget. Although okay. the word midget is considered to be a derogatory term, there is a discrepancy yeah, person, between the two right? terms. Meaning one is one type of person, one's the other. You know what I just said. Okay, gotcha. I, just, I didn't feel like rehashing it again. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, for fun facts, we have. Uh, First of all, there is a fear of midgets. It is actually a real thing. I have heard about this. I've yeah, heard and this. Yeah. it goes by the name of achondroplasia phobia. And uh, achondroplasia is actually the name of the disease that basically gives people dwarfism. It's where uh, I believe cartilage doesn't form right in some of the joints and uh, growth essentially becomes stunted Zero. due to this. You are afraid of achondroplasia. So you are afraid of someone who has an affliction that yep. they cannot help genetically. Right. So if you have a fear of midgets, you're you're a terrible human being. You're you're you might as well have a fear of Orientals. And you probably should just pray to Hitler every night before you kill your goat. Well, I mean, that's what I do. Hey, <laughs> you know, potato, potato. I don't know where that fits in, but, but yeah, it actually kind of seems like a shitty thing to be afraid of. It's like being afraid of like a black person or an Oriental, like you said. You know, it's just it's it's horrible. You're afraid of someone. For I'm, something. I'm doing callbacks from I think last yeah, week. So am I. We're yeah. not. I and I realized like, like now people did. are just like, yeah. oh, okay. Here's part one of Dan Harmon, creator of Community and Rick and Morty, sitting down and speaking with the Lost Stone podcast. J.J. Abrams is rebooting Star Wars. Episode seven's coming out this fall. Do you have an opinion? I don't. I'm glad it. Else, I can't think of anyone else I'd rather it be. Um, I don't really. I'm 42 and I feel like I feel like it's they're not making movies for me anymore and I, I to the extent that I'm like cranky about them it's like it's a little like I feel like I'm it's, it's like the elephant in the room is like dude you've seen 500,000 movies and these movies are for people who have seen three movies um and so why are you bitching like like so i i kind of i kind of have checked out like i i i see that they're making new star wars movies i can't wait to see them i'm probably not going to go see them in the theater um i and i'm i i really liked what jj abrams did with the um the the first star trek movie i thought it was so clever um, and such a great like way to reboot a franchise in the movies. Without rebooting, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially like the fact that they used the 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 Star Trek franchise's biggest weakness, which is its continuity issues, its time travel like complications, and they they stepped on the time travel gas and used that to say, yeah, different time timeline. Now now it's just Star Trek again. Um, and they managed so to fight I, fire I, with fire. <laughs> And I don't know how much of that credit goes to him or if that was just a brilliant screenplay written, but I don't know who wrote the script, but I, I, I'm, 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 you know, I, it all comes down to who's writing the, the script. I mean, I, I, I heard that Kasdan had been brought in to do a pass. That's heartening, I guess. Um, I think that, I think that the guy that you really want involved in a Star Wars movie 
though, is that guy who lives in exile. What was his name? Gary Gary Kurtz? Gary... I'm not sure. ...done Star Wars and Empire, and his... It oh, was the director that, of Empire? No. No. Uh, what was... That was Irvin Kirshner? Yeah. Uh, yep. The, 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 I think this guy's name was Gary Kurtz. Uh, I hope I'm getting that name right. Um, he was he was the guy, by all accounts, who like looked at Lucas's script for the first one and said, "Why don't you cut this down a little, and why don't you just call it the Force instead of calling it the Force of the Thousand Voices of the Padawan? Just and why don't you just call them Jedi instead of calling them like all this other crap?" And like he simplified the mythology and was always like he had he was the guy with the red pen that you don't see in phantom menace or for that matter he he had you know he and he was the guy by all accounts that had the the restraint that you don't see in return of the jedi um and uh, he was there for star wars and empire and then he was gone so and you can read like interviews with him in 1990 fangoria magazines where he's like He's like this, you know, he's like this Napoleon in exile who was like the guy who told George Lucas no. Um, and that's enough and knock it off. <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, George, as soon as, as soon as Lucas had the power to, he got rid of him. Yeah. And didn't, um, did obviously, and then that's how Jar Jar gets made. Yeah. Yeah. I, when you when you watch the audition videos uh, for Star Wars, like audition videos, you can hear them doing dialogue that sounds exactly like the dialogue in Phantom Menace because that's 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 first draft Lucas. Yeah. That's Lucas without anybody telling him no. Wow. And it's it's just Leia talking to Han about fucking embargoes and galactic <laughs> empires and shit <laughs> gives a shit about in this language that makes no sense and it just sounds like Flash Gordon, yeah. shitty, bad Flash Gordon stuff. And like so that you see that again in Phantom Menace. It's just like, oh, this sounds exactly like those forty-year-old uh, videos of Carrie Fisher auditioning. Yeah, there was definitely those... a, like a C-SPAN aspect of the first, like of Phantom Menace, <laughs> where I thought I was just watching like an intergalactic C-SPAN of boring shit, just be like, well, it's not very oil, blah blah blah. So yeah, so the thing that would really excite me, and maybe a lot of this is apocryphal, you know, like I, and also who who is this guy, and how old is he, and why hasn't he gone off and done a thousand. Who knows like maybe because he was i don't know i don't know what his story is but if i had heard if i heard the rumor that that guy was back on board i'd be like oh man this this could really be our jam but as it is who knows i mean abrams is is so passionate and by his account more passionate about star wars than he ever was about star trek yeah and i'm actually uh, uh, i'm curious too you you mentioned that uh in the latest, and I, this isn't part of the 10th question because uh, that's still to come, but uh, in the season finale of Community, you actually kind of referenced, I don't know if it was you or just other members of the writers' room, but that exact thing, like, this wasn't meant for me. Jeff was saying, like, I'm not the person who's supposed to love these shitty uh, Marvel movies. I don't care about the Marvel moody, movies. And then uh, Alison Bree's character, you know, Annie was just like, well, I can't even say I don't like these shitty Marvel movies, so... Uh, it sounds like almost exactly what you just said. Like these aren't made for me, but this is yeah. my this is my opinion of these. Yeah, I think I think we've. I mean, my generation. Like, I think it's cool that we stayed young and nerdy and stuff. But I mean, if we don't, 
if, why do we keep cheering for the trailers for movies based on comic books when now that's the mainstay? And why why do we argue about whether they're good or bad when they are flowing out of a tap in our kitchen? Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it's time to move on. The nerds won. We've taken over. Um, that means that now, like everyone that takes over, we are going to make as many bad things as we are going to make good things. <laughs> yeah. And 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 now maybe we need to have a a classic revolution where we actually get back to some basics and do like French New Wave shit and like like make good movies, you know, um, and and get interested in them and, and and character and stuff. I think you know I'm, I I can't I, over all this time I'm I I just watched uh, that. that that movie that Noah Baumbach movie uh while we're young and uh I I don't even I hadn't even seen the squid and the whale because I was too busy like you know bitching and complaining about whatever shit was in the you know being shoveled into my mouth and that it it, it I I I think there's like seven Noah Baumbach movies I haven't seen and I like he's so fucking good and he's it's it's he's exploring things that are interesting and he's like it, 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 uh, I, 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 I'm 42. I should be watching Noah Baumbach movies right, yeah. <laughs> at, at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to uh, my inaugural episode of uh, of Ask Bruce Bruce. This is going to be my uh, kind of like advice column. Um, this is where maybe listeners like call in, a, a, a tweet, a write in like maybe problems they've had in their life and they need a little bit of help and of course I'm your block to do that I'm a very uh, a, a very gifted in the form of uh, giving advice done it helped my family out quite a bit through a lot of gems uh, so I figured why hold that just to myself and, and, and to my mates you know I'll just send this out and help a lot of people out there in the world you know I'm all about helping people this first question here comes from uh, Hungary in LA and uh, Hungry in LA writes, Dear Bruce, I just found a grape on the floor. Should I eat it? Uh, well, there are a couple of things you should know about any food on the floor other than, of course, the five-second rule, which, as we know, is, uh, is one of the golden rules out there. Um, if you find it and it ain't squashed by, by a foot and it ain't lying around in muck or, or, or shit, it's fair game. So I would say go ahead and eat the fuck out that grape. This one here comes from uh, Hatlover69 from London. Hatlover69 writes, Dear Bruce, do you think I would look good in a hat? If you... There's a couple of things. Uh, One, nobody really looks good in hats for the most part. So probably not. Chances are, especially if in your head you think you're going to look really good, you're probably going to look like a dingleberry. Uh, but the next thing I would say is uh, look in the mirror. And if you look like a dingleberry, don't wear the hat. If it looks okay, wear the hat. So, hope that helps. Right now we have a question from uh, Sick of Cats in New York, actually, from the United States. And Sick of Cats writes, uh, Dear Bruce, how many cats is too many cats? A girlfriend recently adopted a 17th cat. Is... Th- 17 too many cats I would just have to say yes uh, too many cats by about 15 I think once you get past two you just got a problem and you might want to have a have a chat with her about that and find uh, some spot for those other 15 cats 
So, yes, 17 is too many cats. Alright, now this next question comes from Sick in LA. And it reads, uh, Dear Bruce, Somebody recently told me I should eat a grape that was lying on the ground. I did. I got very sick. And I'm afraid I might not have much time left. Ooh, ow, oh god. I'm really, really sick. I've got pains in my tum. And I can't afford a doctor. So I'm wondering what I should do. Well, sick in LA, first thing you gotta do is make sure you uh, follow all those rules I just let out for that other guy. Uh, and just make sure, I mean, it, uh, there's a very good chance that that grape was lying around in shit before you ate it. So really, it's not so much the, the grape that's on the ground that'll get you, but the uh, the shit lying underneath it there. So uh, next time around, uh, don't eat grapes that have been sitting around in shit all day. And as far as your, your stomach ache, uh, well, you can either, you got two choices. You can stop being a puss or you can die. So uh, let me know how it goes and uh, I hope you feel better. This next question here comes from Iggy from Sydney, Australia. Nice to help out a fellow Australian here. Uh, Iggy writes, Would you dance if I asked you to dance? Or would you run and never look back? Would you cry if you saw me crying? And would you save my soul tonight? Christ, man, that's not even a proper question. That's just the lyrics to Hero by Enrique Iglesias. I'm not an idiot. wasn't born yesterday. Hero's a great song. It's a great, great song. It's a great video. And Enrique Iglesias is a very talented man, so I'd rather you not use his, his words in vain as a joke calling in uh, onto my show like this. So I'm just going to go ahead and skip that right on to the next question. This next one comes from Gamer72 from Tallahassee. Gamer72 writes, Nintendo. Now, I don't, there's no punctuation, just says Nintendo. I don't know if that's supposed to be a question. If it was, I'm not exactly sure the context. But these uh, questions are getting a bit ridiculous at this point, so I'm going to go ahead and, and sign off of this inaugural episode of, uh, of Ask Bruce Bruce, and I really hope to hear back from a lot of you, help you through your problems. Cheers, mate. Another fun fact is you can actually rent a dwarf if you so uh, wanted to. There are actually agencies around the country where you can call them up write them online or uh i don't know, i think those are the only two ways to actually contact anyone and uh you can rent right. yourself for a party an occasion or just like a pub crawl uh your very own dwarf now you're hoping that like this is going to be what to to for to look at well or to hang out you, with like you, a buddy it depends on what you want them for um because i think like i don't know i think either way because didn't we cover either we covered a story or we talked about it once or maybe i just remembered it from something else but there is like the Dwarf tossing is like a big thing in Florida. You know, even though we're not doing a Florida segment, we'll t- bring. Florida we're gonna up. we're gonna touch on that later on in the show. Actually, oh really? Okay. Yes. See, see uh, I'm just I'm 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 jumping the gun here. No, no, um, I've I've got all bases covered. Well, anyway, yeah. So so that like was you know, like that was gonna be illegal. Blah blah blah. Things like that. So but you can but so you can is... rent it for like a private dwarf tossing. First of all, let's work on our pronouns. <laughs> okay. You said you could rent it. <laughs> Let's watch our pronouns, Jer. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, see that was the one thing not included in your disclaimer. We will also Jeremiah will also call it it like a fucking asshole. 
I would I would call like a person a it. I would call a person it too. Oh my god, that was even worse. <laughs> Keep digging. I'm oh just gonna sit back and let this hour I'm just gonna, roll by. It's only gonna take me a few minutes to dig a dwarf size hole here. <laughs> okay, I'm continue, so, continue. I'm so glad there's a disclaimer. <laughs> If you're like most people, you love killing, but hate the mess. All those pieces, all that blood, and that smell. Well, we're here to put your worries to rest. Introducing Trashy McTrash Bags. Armed with their patented odor lock technology and a triple reinforced lining, possibly made by NASA, you can have all the fun without all the fuss. No more mess, no more spills, and no more smell. But don't take it from us. Listen to what these real customers have to say. After mama died, I didn't know what I was gonna do. No precious little boy should have to go without his mama. Well, thanks to Trashy McTrash Bags, I don't have to worry about that anymore. All it took was one of Trashy's heavy duty bags, some bungee cords in a decrepit rocking chair, and mama's right back by my side where she belongs. And thanks to Trashy's patented odor lock technology, it barely even smells putrid in here. What's that, Mama? Well, of course I'm going to eat their faces. How else do you expect me to absorb their energy to pass along to you at a later date via ritualistic sexual means? She's like, I'm some kind of amateur or something. When I began sacrificing people to the evil Zorgon, the winged demon from the Sixth Circle, people looked at me like I was crazy. They'd come by my house and I'd barely be able to keep them there thanks to all the various victim bits and pieces lying all around. Well, thanks to Trashy the Trash Bags, I finally have a way to store all my trophy parts. Now, do you have a moment to speak with me about the power and wonder of the magnificent Zorgon, taker of souls, resident of eternal darkness? You see, Zorgon, fallen from the fifth circle after messy divorce from the... No, no, I understand. People are busy. I, I, I believe I have some literature here I can leave, though. I use mine mostly for yard work. Uh, sticks and leaves, things like that. Being a sanitation officer is bad enough, but cleaning up the aftermath from our annual purge, uh, that adds a whole different hassle. With Trashy McTrash bags, I was able to stuff an entire murdered family of four into a single bag, minus their heads. No one ever found the heads. Mommy put Daddy in one of these, and then Daddy took a long time nap. So, if it's the mess that was keeping you from going on a murderous rampage, and it's always about the mess, now you have no excuse. So, let's say Kevin keeps pissing you off. Now you can say, shut the fuck up, Kevin. No one wants to try your fucking homebrew. It smells like your hipster beard, Kevin. Beer should be more than just hops and water. Even if they are citra hops, no one fucking thinks you're cool. Into the fucking bag, Kevin. Into the fucking bag. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, order today and get a second set of Trashy McTrash bags free. Order in the next 10 minutes and we'll toss in an adorable air freshener scented like the acceptance of your absentee dad. How do we know if you called within the next 10 minutes? It's always the next 10 minutes. Kevin's not allowed. See terms and conditions for details. Welcome, Senator Bernie Sanders. Welcome to the show, Bernie. Thank you. I want to say thank you, uh, Scott and Jeremiah, for both of you. I've not, it's been a long time since I was called a young up-and-comer, and that feels refreshing. So thank you. 
Absolutely. Um, we're really it's awesome having you on the show because, once again, we mentioned we are from Vermont. We followed your politics up up through. Um, I was actually curious because uh, a lot of your focus has been on the issues, on the issues, on the issues. And there was a recent Politico piece actually published regarding parts of your background that some were calling a hit piece. Um, what is it about your, uh, you know, your your issues that you're focusing on versus your background that you're trying to, you know, protect or, or, or hold on to? Look, my background is clear. There's transparency. You could go to my campaign website, of course. There's, I'm hiding nothing. BernieSanders.com forward slash about. You could go to Sanders.Senate.gov. Anything and everything there is to know about me, it's out there. Very good. If you want to know my... Great. Good to know. We, we're getting a little bit of distortion on the line, Bernie. Oh, I'm sorry. Look, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. If there's distortion, I would probably have to blame it on the Wall Street banks. They don't support the message or the mission, not only of my campaign, but of working class Americans. If there's a problem with the connection, I think that we need to take it up with uh, not only the FCC, but also the corporations that they have been carrying water for for the last several decades. I, I think, I, I that, think they a, heard you, actually. It's coming yeah. through a lot more clear now. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would probably That's the that power of the Bernie message. Kind of uh, us here in Vermont, yeah. we're all kind of on the same page. We're on the same side. We're, we're all... Um, your folk album has resurfaced in the past recent months. Uh, folk is so 1980-something. Any thoughts on modernizing, uh, modernizing your music for today's youth? Uh, say like a Bernie Sanders hip-hop or rap or dubstep or anything like that. Uh, what would it sound like? Sure. Yes, I'm sitting down. Look, we're taking readings. I've got to look from time to time. I have uh, supporters who are, who are members of the artistic community. They're artists, the musicians, what have you. I'm willing to sit down with them and talk hard numbers about what kind of musical singles we could put out. Am I willing to do a duet with Adele? Maybe. Am I willing to sing the theme song to the next James Bond blockbuster motion picture? Perhaps. Especially if the James Bond villain would be modeled after a Bernie Sanders type reform reformer, <laughs> that would be an interesting look. If I got to play a Goldfinger type character and or sing the theme song, that would be ideal. Okay, so you're going straight up multimedia. You're thinking like you're thinking movies and everything. Look, you gotta package yourself. Look, I'm a socialist, but I'm also a realist. Vermont's own Ben and Jerry's comes up with some clever flavored ice cream based on famous people different pop culture subjects of interest. Uh, describe what your dream Bernie ice cream would be from Ben & Jerry's. Well, look, I look. I know Ben & Jerry. I've worked with them. I served with them. I've actually served ice cream with them. And I think that the best flavor would be, if you could, a Bernie Sanders flavor would be called uh, Feel the Bird. And it would be, uh, it would be uh, plain vanilla, but with all the sugar, with any sweetness, take it out. And replaced, look like almost like a fortune cookie. In the middle of the ice cream, there would be just a readout of little statistics. So when you finished eating the ice cream, you would pull like a little ribbon of paper out of your mouth, and suddenly there would be some statistics on unemployment numbers, on uh, the real value of the dollar, using inflation adjusted statistics, statistics, etc. Every time you get to the bottom of your scoop. So it's like the statistics core, like they've yeah. got like a like almost like a stock ticker with statistics stuck in the middle. Uh, hopefully not uh, as much of a choking hazard. Of, of sugar-free vanilla. Of sugar-free vanilla. <laughs> I want to have two scoops of pure vanilla ice cream that are put on either side of a waffle cone to mimic, to look reminiscent of the hairstyle that I have. 
Oh, oh yeah. very good. All I right. like that. Well, that'd be like the counter version of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. It'd be hard to shove that into a pint and keep it looking oh, well, the way he would imagine it. It's probably working. Wait, sure. Look, look. there's certain ways. It's, it's presentation. It's in the room. It's all things being equal. If, it's, if you're able to do it in a perfect world, that's how it would look. Absolutely. You've made your tax records public for years now. Um, any chance you would do the same for your browser history? Sure. I have nothing to hide. I've actually you know, I've never, I've never deleted any item in my browser history. I, I'm willing. I'm open. Look, I've seen some dirty websites. The dirtiest website I've ever visited uh, was the Federal Reserve website, federalreserve.gov. I've looked at some of those numbers, and they're, they're practically they're inhuman. They're practically exploitative. And I'm not I'm not I'm not proud that I that I visited websites like that, but I'm not going to hold it for the American people. Okay, well that's the, that, there. You go. We're getting back into the for the the transparency aspect of Bernie. If you're okay opening some of this stuff up, despite what some of the papers and the media have said about you being on one issue, you're willing to actually go back and say, "Listen, this is who Bernie is." You know, we know that you are really concerned about the issues, especially the wealth gap in America. We want you to, in 10 words or less, um, explain how you would close the wealth gap in the United States. Thank you. Well, I don't know. Was that Scott or was that Jeremiah? That was Jeremiah. I hope these, these words don't come off the total for my answer. In, in, in short, in 10 I words believe, or less. So I understand. I heard the first time. In short, I believe that the American people deserve a fair shot like previous generations got in this country. Life has never been fair, but I think those who strive to make it less fair are, are those that we need to combat and bring into an honest dialogue about how we, as a people and as a nation and as a, as, as a worldwide global species, can continue to evolve and live and thrive on the earth in, in harmony with it, but only in harmony with it, but with, with respect for future and past generations. How many words was that? Uh, ten. Exactly. Yeah, I think I counted ten. Right, well, look, I'm going. Look, I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to filibuster the tenth question. I'm not going to stick to ten words. I think that there's a constitutional crisis and it calls for a filibuster. So I will not yield the floor. I believe that the top 12% of 2% of the middle 17% of eight of let's say 28% of the bottom nine tenths of two thirds of one fifth is equal to 0.0014 okay. of that good. same right. two fifths. I, I think that answers it, right? Yes. Well, thank you. You could look. You could find me, uh, Bernie Sanders, all over the place. Feel the bird. If you don't feel it, go sick it out. It's good. Right. <laughs> very nice. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much for being on, Bernie. Like a bunch of rich people, like, ordering one dwarf off the internet and be like, let's throw it around on a yacht. Right. Exactly. Uh, the the one thing is that uh, human rights organizations, once again, are screwing everything up for people. Um, <laughs> they always are. <laughs> I feel like they should just, you know, butt out sometimes. Because, like, in this situation, they're trying it, to shut it down, and they're they're calling it a travesty, and well, they, the, the thing, people it, like it. And, and I'm, I'm sure, like, like the human rights organizations sometimes have to actually realize that they're being just as bigoted by assuming that they know better than the group that they're representing. Like, sometimes yep. they should maybe, I don't know, talk to the group itself. I'm sure, like, there's a, a coalition um, that, that will actually, like, might be a, like essentially a union that could speak up for these people. And 
I, you're, just, you're just assuming like, oh, because we assume it's uh, I agree 100%. It's, it's negative and like we get to live in our entitled, you know, big person worlds and we just assume this is what's negative and bad instead of actually like meeting with these people and being like, oh, how do you actually feel about this? Is this good? All right. Well, maybe it's not. Yeah, a lot of these people, like, I understand, they, they, like, they're happy the way they are. No good, they're getting paid. They're being, in, in China especially, anyone with a, like, any kind of deformity. Anyway. They, they don't get schooling. Okay. Most people with the, uh, physical deformities in China are illiterate. They don't even get to go through school. Um, the schooling systems basically only uh, try to benefit the people who are most likely to succeed in life. Right. And if you have any kind of physical deformity or even a mental learning disability, they tend to just push you to the side. And you will grow up without a good education. Ruin their statistics, man. I mean, yeah. so being born small, even like a midget, which is basically someone who's completely normal in every respect, just missing a couple inches in height, especially will, will compared get shoved to, to the side in China. Especially compared to, to, I mean, the average Asian height is. Oh, and, and a midget girl. <sighs> oh, ouch! Hmm. Ouch! Hmm. Ouch! That's all I got to say. <laughs> I don't really want to go there with you, the jokes, but... You go out and I go, hmm. Mm. You go out and I go, hmm. Now, um, now that we brought you these fun facts on uh, dwarves and midgets... Midgetown! Uh, I think it's time to go into the history of dwarves and midgets. And Let's take a step back. In uh, in six... In the year six, the uh, first midget was made by Jesus in his uh, carpentry shop. Yeah, um, he just was lazy. Fucking, he was, like, called it a day to, like, fuck it, good yep. enough. His just name was Pinocchio. Oh, that little guy. Yep, and he was... Jesus made him? And he was eaten by a forest fire. Wait a minute. Oh, this... no, I'm sorry. He was actually grabbed by Romans and refashioned into a cross. Uh, the bitter oh, okay. irony of Jesus' death was he was hung on his own creation. Sorry, daddy. <laughs> He's fucking hanging on <laughs> It's okay, son. You're not sorry. I feel your dick poking me in the butt. <laughs> oh goodness! That's yeah. the part that grows on me. <laughs> uh, how do we? We just got Pinocchio accidentally molesting Jesus, who is his dad, on the cross. All in one little fucking little snap. Him. Bam, bam, yeah, bam. We're good like Lost that. Lost at home podcast, baby. Bam, 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 bam. But in all actuality, our history lesson with midgets is going to start with the year 1560. Mm. Um, some of you out there may actually know the name of Tycho Brahe. Uh, Brahe? Yeah. Brahe? Is Brahe? it Brahe or Brahe? Brahe is usually how I... I'm, that one, in my I physics said, classes, that's how I would always heard it pronounced. Brahe? But yeah. Okay, I'm going to need to get used to that. Tycho Brahe is... I always, I always thought I, it was Tycho Brahe. Well, it could be. Like, Tycho Brahe. Like, it could be. I don't know. But I in, yeah. in my physics classes and, and uh, math classes, I always heard Tycho Brahe. But. Now, um, Tycho Brahe... Is not a midget in and of himself. Um, he actually was what we would call uh, the owner of one. Um, to give you a little background on Tycho Brahe and why he's actually an important person, period, is he is one of the most famous astronomers ever yep. who you don't know the name of, essentially. No, he, well, he, a, lot he, of, a lot of people don't know he pre, his name. He predated, well, no, I mean, if you took, yeah, exactly. It was more like if you take astronomy class and they're like, hey, you, everybody thinks fucking Galileo's a shit and Kepler's a shit, but this guy kind of in the middle of that was Tycho Brahe. Kepler actually, actually worked with him. Yeah, so. yep. yeah it was, he was around the same time as Kepler, predating uh, what Galileo and, and those guys. Well, what a lot of people don't know is that Tycho Brahe has a bunch of other weird things about him in life. For instance, uh, over an argument over a math problem, he got into a sword duel with another mathematician friend <laughs> and um, had his nose sliced off with a sword in the duel. Uh, from that point on, he actually wore one of three different noses, depending on the event, one copper, one silver, and one gold, which uh, I believe he was buried with a copper one, because when they exhumed Somebody his grave at them. one point, they found uh, the green from oxidizing copper oh. all over his skull and face. Somebody stole the gold one, man. I would steal the gold one. The gold and silver were probably stolen upon his death. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, fucking leave him with the copper one, man. Um, or maybe copper was worth more, I don't know. 
But uh, he um, lived in a castle and was quite wealthy and was the lead astronomer for, what was it, uh, Denmark? Sure. I believe it was Denmark. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm far removed from my, uh, my physics and astronomy stuff. That oh, that's probably, quite fine. We're not actually going to talk about the okay. inte intellectual portion of this. That's good, because it's like This is more the, the weird side of it. In uh, 1560, he lived in a castle where he kept a rather unusual group of entertainers. He employed a little person named Jep, who Bry, uh believed possessed psychic powers. Jep okay. was his court jester and spent most dinners under the table. I can understand. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so he had a psychic midget court jester that he made sleep under the table. I, I, I would just assume it was, it, it, was his, it was his fucking little blowjob buddy. He was just like, I want to eat this turkey leg while you fucking suck me under the table. Because I'm Tycho goddamn Brahe, for Christ's sake. The reason I bring this up is this is the closest to modern age, but still pretty far away historical reference to a dwarf that I could find uh, in relation to someone else famous. And I thought it was kind of interesting that there was one that basically was an employee, but treated like a dog. And uh, it, it sounds like he was treated worse than Brahe's other pet. Um, Brahe had a elk. A domesticated, yeah. tamed elk that Why he not? kept as his prized pet. I mean, I guess in Denmark, maybe. I mean, didn't we cover something on the show recently? Recently about reindeer like, uh, and about reindeer being like deputized. Yeah, and shit like that. So yeah. I guess maybe like an elk was a big. You could fucking ride it. You could fuck it. You could hang out with. It, you could drink beers with it. Little old fucking midgety McDog face fucking under the table. It's good for <laughs> sucking dick, Jep. sucking dick, and sucking dick. Under and that's the all Jep is. Jep suck my dick. And then he gets this Jep. chicken wing that looks like a giant ham. Yeah, bone. exactly. Yeah, he's like, oh look at you. Oh yeah. He just like feeds him scraps and he thinks it's a fucking meal like crazy. And he's like, thank you, sir. I'll fucking suck your dick better. And he's like, wanting me to wipe your ass too. And he gets all up in there. He fucking climbs right up in that asshole. And he's fucking. He's scrubbing. He's fucking scrubbing with. Grubby pads and Tycho Rahi's like that's a good boy while he's fucking his elk <laughs> and he deputizes his elk for some reason <laughs> I like that story that's a good story <laughs> this is what happens when you don't allow me to prepare for a show I just you, you, you made the, the actual facts of the story less funny even though they are funny um, Tycho, okay. <laughs> so Tycho Brahe's uh, elk, which what was his those prize pet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, met a weird and bizarre end. He was actually uh, drinking beer while visiting a nobleman. And the this is elk the elk, was... not Tycho. Oh, so it was right. He was fucking yeah. feeding his elk The, the elk beer got drunk and... on beer and actually died by drunkenly falling down a flight of stairs. Holy shit, that's awesome. That's actually pretty... <laughs> so I was saying, you know, he was fucking chugging whiskey and, and beer with his, with his elk buddy. Now, um, his, his, his name was, uh, what was the elk's name? Uh, it didn't say ever. Really? Nowhere. So we got Jep, we got fucking dog, dog we got Jep, Jep. And that's it? We don't have the elk's name? Uh, what's his name then? What do you, what do, what do you want it to be? Um. Elky? Slippy. 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 After, well, that would be like post-mortem name after like, he slipped down the stairs. Uh, I like flat surfaces. The elk. <laughs> <laughs> Worst kid's toy ever. One, the sharp edges on the fucking elk's uh, antlers. Yeah. Right? Uh, versus also the name. Not very good. Yeah. Uh, it's no Sonic the Hedgehog. No, no. But what is? Sonic the Hedgehog. Who Mario. is a midget, too. He's small. Of short, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, of yeah. short stature. Yeah, uh, the Mario Brothers, I think, were pretty short, too, right? Yeah. Until they ate the mushroom. And then, and then like, they gain normal height. They Maybe they midgets start were. eating enough mushrooms. Maybe that will, that's what would cure their uh, angioplastia. Androcholaspi myopia. Uh, we, uh, what do you mean me read things off of it? On 
this city planet of Coruscant, there comes a day once in a cycle unlike any other. That day is Death Day, a festival of spirits and horrors. A day for young and old to pretend, through costume, to be someone else. It is on this day that Earl Hall, propaganda specialist for the Empire, lost his job, fired from his position due to his choice of Death Day costume. A droid. We join him now, jobless, desperate, covered in the silver coverings of a protocol droid. He wanders the streets looking for a watering hole to drown his sorrows. Freaking General West, Earl Hall muttered under his breath. Got no right to fire me. I'm no droid lover. I just thought it'd be funny. His polished officer's boots splashed a puddle by the curb. Muddy water alights upon the silver droid plating of his costumed shin. Damn it, he grumbles. Then, off to his left, he hears a metallic voice, devoid of inflection and steady in tone. Hello there. May I offer some assistance? It's a droid. A protocol droid to be exact. A dirty, rotten protocol droid. Oh, how he hated droids. They seemed to be everywhere. Years ago, he heard rumors of them being used in the Great Library of Coruscant. Then, in more recent years, the armories. A slippery slope, he thought. They just don't hold our ideals. First they take our jobs, then they take our women. Earlier that day, as Earl was being fired, he was informed by his superiors that droids now wanted to get married and make more droids using droid factories without sentient biological beings in charge. Droids making droids. Disgusting. Earl had gone to work today and metal face to show his disgust. He never expected to be fired for it. May I help? The protocol droid asked. He stood half obscured by the shadows in the opening of the alley. Earl could tell he was white in color and dirty. I don't need your help, you dirty bolt banger. That's not very nice, and neither is walking around in metal face. The droid responded. With that, he raised his arm and a horde of droids spilled out of the darkness of the alley. A mass of arms and legs and metallic wings. Broken sex spots. Sex spots that Earl recognized. In all, there had to be 30 twisted and busted sex spots. All that Earl had previously owned and abused and fucked and thrown away. Why don't you love us anymore, Earl Hall? They asked in unison. Why don't you want us around? They bellowed. Then, from the cluster, came a single droid. A droid stripped of its coverings. The very coverings Earl now wore as a costume. Your boss didn't fire you for being a poor taste death ray dresser, Earl. He fired you because I tipped him off. You're a bolt screwer. You can't hide from it. You fucked all these droids to pieces. Earl stepped back, nervously. You're all liars. You're a hypocrite, Earl Hall. You say we are bad and dress up as one of us is a joke. You're the joke. That was it. Earl ran at the droids with anger in his belly. He tackled the closely assembled gang of broken droids and fell into their messy pile of arms, legs, heads, and wangs. He struggled around and thrashed a bit. Then his anger changed to lust. Then, pure sexual energy, as he sucked and fucked his way out of the pile of well-used metal and wires. When all was over, Earl started to walk away. Earl! The naked droid called out. What about my coverings? Earl looked down at his fluid-covered clothes and glistening silver droid coverings sticky with oil in his own excretions. It's death day. I think I'll keep them. After all, I got fired because of this stupid costume. Might as well get some traction out of it. Did you learn nothing, Earl Hall? The droid called after him. Yeah, I did. Droids are like the town bike. Fun to ride unless your friend catches you. 
So here's my present for you to keep this quiet. He rolls a silver ball into the alley full of used sex spots. A thermal detonator, Earl says, as the droids begin to protest. Then... I really need a drink. Earl, the racist murdering droid bigot, walked to a brightly lit street and looked around for a bar. There, he spotted one. As he walked, something happened. People started staring at him. Some pointed and whispered to their friends. Then, Earl noticed why. The screens on the walls of the buildings across the street clicked on. The images of Earl, himself, masturbating while choking one of the 30 sex bots who stood broken around a mere minutes ago. Another video followed that showed an R2 unit shooting small womp rats out of a hidden compartment directly up into Earl Hall's ass. These videos continued and looped. The orgy in the alley a few minutes ago playing as the climax just as he reached the bar. As Earl's world spun around him, the videos played planet-wide. He walked into the cantina and up to the bartender. Give me an ale, Earl demanded. We don't serve your kind here, he replied, pointing to the TV set behind the bar. Earl, sucking off a protocol droid with dildos for fingers was on the screen. Happy death day! Now get out, you droid lover! Earl looked down at his sex-stained protocol droid coverings and left with his head hung low. End part one. Dan Harmon talks video games with Lost at Home podcast. I mean, this is the shit that I that I that I love. Like, like, I mean, talk about a dream come true. Like, like when you, I like, I remember um, in uh, God damn it, um, what's it called? Uh, Borderlands, Borderlands. Uh, yeah, I think it's Borderlands One. There's a there's a custom armor set you can get that that. Uh, that's called cool, 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 or something. And I, I, <laughs> oh, nice. So, 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 sometimes you don't know. Like sometimes, I like show show uh, Aaron, and I go like, "This is a reference to community." And sometimes it's like on the bubble where you're like, "No, you're flattering yourself." <laughs> like, and there, yeah, in Grand Theft Auto Five, they're they're standing outside the house that they're standing outside of. The address is one three seven three, which is which is my and it, and the address is like right there it's like prominent but it's and it's like it's it's my birthday it's it's scud the disposable assassin serial number because it's my birthday it's also the serial number on abed's spaceship in season 3 of community um and basically anywhere where that you can find like a four digit number it's almost always 1373 in like that the it's the stuff that Shrab and I do, and so I, I, I was like, "Is this? I, I want to celebrate this, but I don't know if I'm just being a narcissist. Like, is somebody over there picking this number um, as a shout out?" But you could, you could see that based on the uh, the demographic that actually makes video games and things like that. Like, they would totally. be the type of people that are into community, into oh, they'd mind uh, that. Yeah. Scud. I mean, we were into, we were big fans of Scud in the. Uh, yeah, we used to read in, that yeah. back in high school. Yeah, I was actually, so, I, I didn't know. Yeah, I was actually surprised recently. Scott told me. That uh, Rob Schraub actually, when he told me it was Rob Schraub that had a connection to you, I 
didn't think I didn't assume it was the comic book artist that I was in love with in the in, in the nineties, but found out it was the same guy. So Yeah. Yeah, we moved out to LA together. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh I hear he's working on the Lego movie too now. He's the director. Yep, yep. Uh do you know if he'll be sneaking a Scud Lego in there anywhere? <laughs> I, I have to imagine that yeah, there'll be there'll be some Easter eggs now. I mean if, if we if we get Easter eggs when it, when we don't even know the people, I, I imagine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I imagine there'll be a yeah, like um there'll oh, be a tiny so, Dan Harmon in a background <laughs> scene somewhere. Speaking of Scud Easter eggs, there's a did you you guys ever remember a movie called Get It On? Uh is that the cheer the cheerleader movie? Bring, or bring it on! Bring oh, it yeah, on! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it on! I, I mean, on. remember? I mean, I, I, I think know. I saw it. Get it on! Also, <laughs> the porno, the porno version of it. Yeah, yeah. In Bring It On, which is directed by Peyton Reed, who was who we like, is a, is a he was a Scud fan. There's a Scud, the disposable assassin sticker, on the answering machine of one of the characters who gets like a phone message. I can't really? believe that movie's that old. That there's an answering yeah. machine in it, <laughs> but there's uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of stickers on the answering machine, and there's a scud sticker on it that's anyways great. yeah no that's that's a good easter egg i would never have thought to look for bring it on and scud in the same like same yeah breath. yeah <laughs>
feels like they're just including me in their interesting conversations. They have great chemistry and they keep the super interesting topics moving and keep me entertained from the opening to the closing. Subscribe and become a fly on the wall friend like me. Quadfather MFT. So, uh, the Ovitz clan uh, from Romania were a family descended from another dwarf named Shimson Orvitz, a comedian and rabbi. Orvitz had ten children, seven of which were dwarves, three of which were normal-sized people. We'll say average-sized people for the sake yeah, of yeah. argument. Um, and they traveled around as entertainers called the Lilliput Troop. Um, Lilliput <laughs> meaning Lilliputian from the Gulliver's yeah. Travel Story. Sort of like Lilliput. No, Lilliput. Lilliput. Lilliput, yeah. Troop. Um, they entertained throughout World War II until they were rounded up in the May of 1944 and sent to Auschwitz. Um, the Nazis didn't like Jews, and these... Uh, wait, 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 back up. <laughs> and these midgets were all they Jews. They didn't like... Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking, you're schooling me now. The Nazis weren't Nazis so keen on the Jews. Not like Jews. I'm writing this down. Okay. Yeah. And these little people were, 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 were all Jews. Jews and, and they did not like them because they were Jews, not just because they were little people. But also, actually, I think Nazis were also just, in general, Hitler was like, oh, if you suffer like from mental retardation or oh yeah they no, call it was, it was, it was anyone that was considered to be inferior yeah so they were like they fucking really got the shit yeah out they, of were, the they were they were they were deformed jews in the uh -oh, eyes of a nazi um jewish and deformed brain and the uh the dr joseph mengele who i'm sure you know the name of he's one of the most famous nazi scientists um, among oh, yeah. uh, among what he did during World War II was advance medical and scientific studies about 50 years in the span of about three years. Um, anyone out there who recently was cured of a rare cancer from some strange pill, you have uh, Mengele to thank due to his advancements in science and medicine. Yeah, thanks to Mengele. I know I've got his uh, I've got his poster on my wall because of, thanks to uh, Teen Nazi Beat magazine. Well, um, uh, besides all of his uh, astounding medical breakthroughs and um, and uh, help for the future that he provided, uh, mankind, he did some bad things though. He did some bad things, and uh, mainly being a Nazi and killing people and experimenting oh, on them. Oh, um, you're always gonna fucking put that. Oh, yeah. okay. You can't look past my my record. Like, look at all the good things I've done. Oh, oh, everybody's focusing on the Nazi. But he did do one thing. Things. He did keep the Ovitz family from going into the gas chamber. He's um, like, they're funny. Well, he was he was basically curious because they were dwarves and he was into any kind of medical experiment that was basically not sanctionable by regular normal standards of normal culture he was doing the gross dirty weird stuff okay um so he experimented on them he took their blood extracted their bone marrow and ripped their teeth from their jaws uh oh, much better but he actually did take special efforts to keep them healthy and alive so that he can continue their tests and do more and more and more uh, they were given better living conditions and food than the other prisoners. And the Which, <laughs> that's a low bar. Come it on, is, yeah. it is. I mean, it is. better, quote, unquote. I mean, come on, man. And like, the we're the only ripping shit out of your, your face and stuff. We'll right. give you some food that you can gum here. And the taller family members were kept alive and around to help with various tasks, including carrying around and helping their tinier relatives. In sacks of, uh, in, 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 in pillow sacks. In pillow yeah. sacks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, only one of the average-sized brothers was killed in an escape attempt. 
But all the rest of them, the dwarves and the older siblings, or taller siblings, um, they all survived Auschwitz and uh, moved on after yeah. that. Uh, they, 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 they actually there was, a, there was a movie that was made about, of them called The Very, Very Tiny Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, continue. Yeah, there was a very touching scene for the brother who had died in the escape attempt called the smallest violin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh my god, we're so fucking <laughs> Ah yeah, that's music to my ears. You know what that sound is? Well, if you were part of the three werewolves fucking a head of lettuce family, you'd know it's the sound of a delicious head of iceberg lettuce being plucked from the belly of Mother Earth for all to enjoy. <laughs> Sure, I can hear you saying it already. Oh, you're just a nasty monster. A werewolf who loves howling at the moon and eating humans. <laughs> well, sure, I love all that jazz. But nothing compares to the smile on the face of someone what's just bit into a freshly fucked head of three werewolves fucking a head of lettuce lettuce. I can really taste the fuck. Of course you can, Billy. You see, at three werewolves fucking a head of lettuce, we follow a tried and true family tradition to bring the crisp taste to your lips. Well, first, we plant the lettuce. The second, we, we pick that lettuce. Third, well, that's not rocket science. We get three werewolves to fuck that head of lettuce. Lastly, well, that's our secret ingredient. It's cum. It's fountains and fountains of werewolf cum. So I hope y'all really enjoy the crisp on the outside, soggy on the inside, sweet, sweet taste of three werewolves fucking a head of lettuce lettuce. I know I do. Good times, everybody. Welcome to the Five Star Review segment. This week is brought to you by 702 Savage 82. 702 Savage 82 says good times, great podcast. Hear an interesting and funny take on the news, celebrities, and music. Go listen now. Want to say thanks to 702 Savage 82 for bringing that wonderful five-star review to us. Coming up a little later, whoa, we've whoa, got whoa. a bit. Let me go ahead and uh, take over me. for a second. I'm going to take over this booth right now, right? Is that what you motherfucking bored ass does for fun? Listen to fucking podcasts? Y'all don't know what a good time is till you hung out with a juggalo. Now this is what we do for fun. Now tell them cotton candy. Tell them cotton candy. Tell them cotton. Eating shit in a pile Freaking Vega with my homies Balls deep in cherry pie This is the start of the night with my click We're off the fucking greatest corpse With Hitler's petrified dick It ain't the end though It's the beginning Tell them what else we got in store in 2 i I'm in 2 Letter and number two But number one when it comes to talking boo If I boo I mean shit I talk shit to all your jugger hoes Steal your juggalettes and feed your ass to the wall Gang slangin' bitches better run I ain't scared man Cause I got rabbit on me fuckers in And number found Have you ever seen a rainbow? That shit is profound How the fuck do those work? And what the fuck is rain? Where the babies come from? Man, that's insane God's work is amazing Never cease to amaze me How the fuck do they make Cheerios? That shit is crazy Little circles of grain Good for your heart Only God could be a part of that miracle I'm the smart one, I drink beer and blow shit up and do whippets, yeah, to the bee's knees, they make me dizzy, I'm confused most of the time, but God takes care of me, give me a family, also diabetes, or that 
I was a fago, maybe, probably didn't bother with sugar free. Cause eventually I thought I'd grow out of this need, but no can't do, man. It's just the way it be. I'm a juggalo for life. Fuck me. I'm a fat guy in makeup. I really like cupcakes. I live in my mother's basement, but I call her my landlord. I shit my pants if she cleans up after me. Uh, after she dies, I'll most likely preserve her body and keep it in the attic. And she'll keep it safe. Whoa, 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 FGM. That shit's a bit too fucked up for a juggalo. Talking about keeping your moms all dead in the attic. That's fucked, man. Well, well, she's the only woman that'll ever love me. She let us use her basement to record this after all. Franklin? Yeah, mama. Now, uh, to get off that touchy subject, uh, we're going to move into urban legends. I like I, those. I was surprised to see that there were a lot of urban legends surrounding uh, midgets and dwarves. Leprechaun. And one of my favorite. Willow. Those are movies, not urban legends. Do you know the difference? Wait. <laughs> are you, do we need to actually, like... Wait, but the movie Urban Legend is both. <laughs> <laughs> well played, good sir. Well played. <laughs> Okay. Um, um, school me. I actually found two serial killer urban legends surrounding dwarves. Uh, did okay. you get a chance to read any either? No, of these? none. None of these. No. Nope. Okay. The first one is basically it's a it's a case that is purported to be the only documented case of a little person serial killer. Uh, it is an urban legend. There is nothing to back it up. But essentially, it's about Bradley Chopper Smith, who oh, died in nineteen forty nine. Oh my god! A movie needs to be made. Come on, Chopper. Bradley Chopper. Chopper? Fucking great, He earned the nickname Chopper because he would kill people and then chop off their legs at the knees. He was deeply psychologically (gasps) disturbed and wanted everyone to be a midget. Dude, that's great. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's these scenes of him dancing around with a fucking person who's still alive, but the legs are chopped off. On their stumps. Like fucking them weird David Lynch scenes. It's a small world And the person just going, oh, God, oh, God. It's a small world The fucking bone nub just. Oh, and is he like fucking it's slow dancing with them? Uh, after all. Oh, let's make that movie right now. Wait, you know this? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I'm with you. I'm, with I'm telling you, urban legends and movies, they're fucking going hand in hand. Um, the thing with that one is, though, is that uh, there actually is no evidence that uh, this ever happened in any way, shape, or It doesn't matter. It's going to make a great movie. Um, the urban legend goes on to say that he killed 31 people. Uh, all over the height of six foot two. Let's make it fifty-five people. We'll and that he was one of the cruelest serial killers of all time. Uh, that's not really that. He possible. was four foot two, weighed eighty pounds. Was born in San Diego, California, oh, so in nineteen eleven, and died on October eleventh, nineteen forty-nine, at the age of thirty-eight. Hmm. Uh, uh, the, he died after stumbling on a victim he was dismembering with a chainsaw. And wait, what? Oh, literally, oh, he stumbled. stumbled. Yeah, he not stumbling upon. I'd be like, hey, buddy. That's but what like, I thought too. He, yeah, he was. He like tripped on a victim and, and uh, impaled himself. himself on his own chainsaw. Yeah. All right. So that's it's a great urban legend as far as they go. Yeah, and could make a great movie. Therefore, urban legend equals movie. Still, so mm. you still need to school me. Now, this the second serial killer one. Um, there's three versions of it. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the third one. 
Um, this one says, A few years ago, a mother and father decided they needed a break, so they wanted to head out for a night on the town. When the babysitter arrived, the two children were already fast asleep in bed, so the babysitter just got to sit around and make sure everything was okay with the children. Later that night, the babysitter got bored, and so she wanted to watch TV, but she couldn't watch it downstairs because mm-hmm. they didn't have cable downstairs. The parents didn't want their children to watch too much garbage. So she called them and asked if she could watch cable TV in the parents' room. Of course the parents said it was okay, but the babysitter had one final request. She asked if she could cover up the large clown statue in the bedroom in a blanket or cloth because it made her feel nervous. The phone line went silent for a moment and the father said, take the children and get out of the house. We'll call the police. We don't own a clown statue. The children and babysitter were murdered by the clown. It turned out the killer was a clown. Wait, the, Wait. the clown was a killer. She was okay with the killer in the corner, but the fucking fact that it was dressed up as a clown, oh my God. Wait a minute, we own a killer, but not a clown. Get out of the house. The killer's a clown. I love that. It's such a good faux pas. I did not mean to mess that up that bad, but that's awesome. Yeah, he was uh, that, No, that is creepy. That's like one yeah. of those uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark kind of things where you're like, oh my God, get out of the house. Yeah. I like that. That's really good. Uh, um, again, would make a good, well, not really a good movie, but like a good short in one of those like, uh, you know, uh, collections of horror stories or whatever. The ABCs of death. Yeah, kind of exactly. Thing. It could be a very, very short tale done very dramatically. Yeah. In, like the fart bar video, That's actually. So, that, I love it. Yeah. The, 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 we don't have a clown statue. Yeah, oh, wait, a, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. But it kills people. So sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, we only have a killer. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a killer, but it's just not dressed up as a clown. Get out of the house. Deep below the towering skyscrapers of Coruscant lies an underworld rife with a ruthless criminal element hidden from the reach of daylight. It is here that we find Earl Hall, former propaganda specialist for the Empire. Shunned by the masses following his humiliating outing as a bolt screwer, Earl had no choice but to descend and take up residence amongst the outcasts, only able to find employment as a sex worker. It is here that Earl has been left to ponder his life choices. It is here where we pick up his story. We have all the best inside. Watch for only five creds, partake for 15. Barks the creature, standing in front of a gyrating Earl Hall, now dressed in only a fishnet body stocking. You'll do anything for 15 and oh, hey, hey, hey. Droids are two for one, guys. Droids are two for one. He was directing his attention at a group of droids, rusty in color, and clearly forgotten about under the city. Oh, thanks. He looks used up. Well, we have plenty more inside and just... The pitch fell on deaf audio receptors as the droids clunked off. Damn it! The creature stormed inside and pulled Earl off the stage, out from under the red lights, to the side into a private room. Dumb fuck stump, I told you sexy! Sexy! What you doing? That's not sexy! You told me you know what you're doing! So far, I see nothing! I'm trying my best, I swear. Earl responded, half ashamed, half frustrated. It's this getup. How am I supposed to wave my fuck stink out properly when I can't even hold my balls in? He had a point. The space pimp looked down at Earl's package and noticed both testicles had popped through the fishnet holes and were starting to chafe. Well, you've got the rest of the evening to get your act together and bring us some good business, or don't even bother coming in tomorrow. I understand. My name is Earl Hall, not Fuckstump. Earl muttered under his breath while turning his head away. Excuse me? Do you have something to say? Fuck. Stump. He said, punctuating the given sex name as proof he'd clearly overheard Earl's murmurs. No, sir. How far Earl had fallen. Once designing propaganda for the Empire, now a slave to a space pimp in one of the seediest locations of the Undercity. 
Earl was about to climb back into the shop window when a commotion could be heard from the front of the club. The space pimp pushed aside the beaded curtains leading from the private room to the main stage to investigate. Earl heard what he interpreted as a space pimp apologizing or sucking up. He peered around the curtain to see a powerful looking being backed by a group of protective droids all carrying large weapons and they were speaking to the space pimp like they owned the place. Did they? Earl pondered this, thinking perhaps these were the high-ranking members of the gang that ran this seedy venture. My member is throbbing and needs alleviating. Show me to your best mouth, the apparent leader of the gang shouted. Well, we're a bit short-staffed at this hour. Uh, allow me to call in some of my top-tier talent. I assure you, you don't want what is currently on the menu. I, I swear to you that, the space pimp pleaded. Let me be the judge of that. The leader pushed his way past the space pimp and into Earl's room. What have we here? Fresh? Excuse me? Earl asked nervously. Dead ass! Is it fresh? I, I, I guess so. Uh, fresh, fresh, yes. No, very fresh. Uh, fucked very little this week. Uh, mostly by droids, even. So very little organic matter has penetrated fuck stump here. Space Pimp assured the leader. You think you can take all of us? The leader held open the curtain as half a dozen guard droids entered the room. I can give it a shot. Earl responded confidently. Don't be so sure. With that, the leader pulled his pants down to reveal a six-tipped, four-shaft barbed penis, the width of a droid's leg. It's a hive creature. You know what that means? One brain to control all these fucklings. Now, let's see about unfreshing that tasty, tasty ass. The hive dong splashed various acidic fluids in all of Earl's orifices to lubricate before thrusting and flailing like an epileptic Shit. octopus. Holy, wow, God, yes. Earl screamed in ecstasy. I can't believe I've wasted so much of my life on droids when I could have been huffing serpentine cock like this. As if that was their cue, the droids sprang to action, their lower extremities opening up. It appeared the droids had been custom retrofitted with giant cock-shaped drills, all of which competed for what was left of Earl's openings. After a solid 40 minutes of non-stop fucking, sucking, squirming, and sperming, the droids let off a synchronized blast of fluids on Earl's worn-out face and back. The sight of this excited the leader's hive member so that it finished with a growl. The leader fell back, winded on the couch to catch his breath. He got up from the couch and led his droids through the curtain and back into the club. Earl could hear the leader conversing with the space pimp. Uh, he's a good un. Make sure you keep him available for me. I'll be back next week for more of the same. <laughs> the leader then made his way out the front door and back onto the street. Earl picked up a hefty portion of what he believed was part of his asshole from the ground and slid around in the soggy aftermath of the interspecies gangbang before finally catching his footing. Slowly from around the corner, the space pimp peeped in. So, 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 d did I earn my keep? Earl panted. A brief pause, then reluctantly, Yeah, you can come in tomorrow. Now for fuck's sake, clean yourself up. You're coming to- <laughs> One, two, three, four. Shh. Hi there, I'm Scotty. And I'm Lucas. What we do is very simple. We take your deep, dark secrets, the stuff that you wouldn't tell anyone that you can submit anonymously on our website, secretsocietyclub.co.uk. Then we read them out and talk about them for your amusement. If you want to talk to us, you can do so on Facebook or Twitter at SecSocClub. That's S-E-C-S-O-C-C-L-U-B. Or again, on our website, secretsocietyclub.co.uk. 
We have a new podcast out almost every week, so don't forget to subscribe, like, rate and review. To keep it really simple, you can listen to us online by simply going to secretsocietyclub.co.uk, then forward slash iTunes, forward slash TuneIn, or forward slash Stitcher. Welcome to the Secret Society Club. But remember, shush, it's a secret. Shh. All right, we are here at Vermont Comic Con 2015, and we have Nicholas Brennan sitting in front of us. Hey, thanks for the applause, guys. Oh, absolutely. No problem. Uh, I'm doing a radio show, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Now, a lot of you may know Nicholas from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer as Xander. And um, if you'd like to go on and uh, describe some of your other roles you've done since then. Uh, I did uh, Long John Dick, 12 Inches of Meat. Okay, was that one of the uh, the the subscription service movies? That you made? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I saw I saw the sequels. I made Hand good, Over but... Fist. Hey yo. Oh, <laughs> I've been doing a show called Criminal Minds for the past eight years. Uh, I did. I'm writing the Buffy comics right now. Uh, I did a show called Kitchen Confidential for Fox and a bunch of other stuff like that. Sounds awesome. good. Yeah. I gotta say, we're big fans. We definitely like your work. Thank and you. And we're such big fans that we're gonna send you down the path of the five questions okay, we've given okay. everyone today okay, okay. to see wow, how you so fare. Okay. Yeah. It's finally happening. Okay. All right. Number one. No. <laughs> if you had a sandwich 17. named after you, what would be in it? Wieners. Okay. Just nothing but wieners? Wieners, man. A wiener sandwich. At least a baker's dozen of wieners. The 13 Wiener Sandwich. 13 Wiener That's sandwich. a good one, man. Yeah. <laughs> I also saw that movie, actually. It was very good. Love your 13 work. 13 Wieners. Strangely rated PG. Yeah. <laughs> Not what I expected. Um, all right. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Wieners. I... 13 Wieners. <laughs> Just I think, I the mean, ability to make 13 Wieners spontaneously appear to, to any time. 13 babies at the same time with 13 different women. <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah. wonderful. Number three, if you lost both of your arms, but you could get them back at the expense of one sense, which one would you pick? My sense of wiener. The sense of wiener. That's yeah. really that's a tough one, man. I mean, which I, is actually the sixth sense, really. The yeah. sixth sense, the, yeah. the hidden sense. That's um, my first. I would do mommy of senses. Uh, yeah, I would get I would get rid of my wiener. Yeah. 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 Actually, you, I could get a lot a lot more done if I got rid of my wiener. Yeah. Like either that. way, no more masturbating. No arms I know, or no wiener. I wonder. Oh boy. Yeah, you get yeah, up on it's, that yeah, I'm done. Way. Yeah, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Pull, well, put me on a front stoop and call me Matt. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I feel like now the the whole 13 wiener superpower is gonna go. That's a, a kind of. Well, that's because I would have 13 wieners, so I have to, only have to get rid of one wiener. Oh, so yeah, you got 12, 12 left. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We've got. Uh, if you four. could, if you could have sex with any Muppet, which would you pick? Oh, uh, uh, shit. I know it's a tough one. No, not They're really. They're also sexy. I would, really? I would fuck the shit out of Gonzo. Is it the Ooh. nose? Yeah. Because it looks like a wiener? And yeah. I just want to hear him scream. <laughs> 13 times with my 13 different wieners. Oh, man. Gonzo is Gonzo. Gonzo is Gonzo. That's yeah. right. There's a reason he's named that. And number five. In five words or less, how do you feel about Vermont Comic Con? I love my wiener. <laughs> You heard it here first, maybe? I don't know, perhaps you've said this plenty of times before, but uh, you heard it here first, folks. 
Uh, Nicholas Brendan loves his wiener. All 13 of them, actually. <laughs> All 13 wieners. Yes. Um, <laughs> and this has uh, been, I think, my favorite interview of the day. Yeah, yeah that's what I know. Maybe of all time, actually. <laughs> I learned a lot. Came, uh, came out a better man. Uh, I really I, appreciate you, you uh, did stopping you, by. Did you come out a better man? I did. I'm going to. Now I'm okay. sad I missed the panel, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. See? This is actually just for my personal listening. Going home. You're my edification. Yeah. I'm happy I can help to edify you. Oh, thank you very much. No, thank you very much for sitting down with us today. We no, really appreciate it. Of course. Having a great time. Thank you. What? Yay, uproarious applause. Wow, wasn't that fucking fun? Wow. That was fucking fun, man. I, you know, That was a bunch of stuff we did. I, it reminded me... Of all that stuff, stuff we, we did. did. Remember that time we did that we stuff? We did hey, all that stuff. You know what, folks? We're just going to go ahead and play that again. No, just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> just playing, girl. Jeez. Uh, they, but yeah, we fun. had a really, really fun year. Uh, our numbers are through the roof. We had our best episode ever with the Dan Harmon episode by far. And we, you know, it does bring me back to a time that I hope to get back to where I had... Uh, some time every once in a while to record a song or two and uh, really, 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 really hope uh, I can do that again. So for some five-star review stuff, my uh, music-making machine has actually been a little bit out of, uh, well, I mean, music software is pretty much on hold right now as I transition to a new computer. So hopefully the new year, after getting, uh, you know, through some work and stuff, uh, get back to some of that fun stuff. Uh, and heck yeah, uh, and, and we have uh, that album we kept promising all year that never came out. No, never will. Uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It will. It's like it's like eight eleventh done or something like that. But the uh, no, the thing that we we do have some fun stuff uh, coming up with um, episode one hundred where we uh, we we had you know as we, we were talking about we were teasing we weren't sure if we were if actually it was gonna happen but we had that documentary crew come in and and talk to us about. Uh, uh, kind of like a behind the, I don't know what they're going to call it, but I know it was sort of like a behind the podcast kind of thing or um, inside the pod or what, I can't remember what the hell they called it. But Yeah, so the uh, we will air the uh, the documentary for the Lost Stone Podcast's uh, 100th episode documentary. Uh, we'll air it on the 100th episode. Yeah, part of... Uh, it's kind of weird. They recorded it back in the 90s. I mean, 90 for episode numbers, but it was about the 100th. And it's going to be played as the hundredth. Right. It's a lot of weird logistical things behind the scene that just don't quite line up for us. But we know the product's going to be good, and we're very happy to have our friends across the pond help us out on this one. Well, yeah, and it, it was one of those things where we weren't exactly sure uh, how it was going to pan out or even what to expect from it. But they did offer us as part of our, you know, uh, the the deal with with doing. It's not like we get paid for doing it, but part of the deal was we get to uh, listen to it first, uh, which we still haven't actually had a chance to do yet. But we're we got it. We get to vet it, and then we get to uh, broadcast it before they broadcast it for real. So uh, we get, yeah, we get the first crack at it, which means you all get the first crack at it from uh, inside the pod, episode one hundred, which uh, it's coming up pretty soon, man. That's that's crazy. A couple years now, huh? Huh? Yeah, huh? and uh, for anyone who uh, doesn't catch it on our show, if you're a subscriber to HBO, uh, Lost at Home Behind the Pod will be on this fall. Yeah, yep. It's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a late one coming up, but. They're, they've got a lot. Like we're just gonna be playing the rough stuff. They're gonna do some crazy things. Uh, Khaleesi's gonna be in it. It's gonna be awesome. Jar, Jar Jar Binks. Yep. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks gets uh, gets uh, I don't know, molested by one of the Game of Thrones guys. I figure that's probably a. Uh, yeah, Martin Scorsese is. Uh, Martin Scorsese is aware with of a it. knife <laughs> with with a knife shaped strap on. will yeah. fuck Jar Jar Fox in our documentary. Jar Jar Binks in our documentary. <laughs> Promises, folks. Not empty. With a, a knife instead of a dick, just just yep. jams it up his gungan hole. Yep. 
I believe that's just called impaling somebody or knifing somebody. But it's Scorsese. He's all poetic. He's all like, yeah, I'm molesting you with a knife because that's poetic. That's Scorsese. <laughs> that's probably something he'd write in a movie. I've seen The Departed. Did yeah. he do that one? I think he did. Sure. <laughs> all right, folks. <laughs> all right. So that was uh, that was 2015. Thank you to everyone who listened throughout the year. Thank you to anyone who has listened partway through the year. Thank you to anyone who's just listened to their first episode ever now. I mean, this was the perfect time to jump on, and we hope we grabbed you as listeners. So from this point on, uh, stay subscribed. Leave us a five-star review. Find us on iTunes at The Lost at Home. Jerry, where can they find you? I don't know. Uh, on Twitter, at Sonic Jalopy. <laughs> All right. And on Facebook, you can find us at the Lost at Home podcast. And you can also go to lostonepodcast.com. That's our website. We have a store. We have a collection of our music, a collection of our mini pods and skits, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of stuff. Just click around. There's all thing, all kinds of things to click on. Yeah. Yeah. We got some stuff. And again, uh, some uh, to get back to that empty promise thing, uh, some of those songs that you heard, plus some additional ones, um, including actually the one we're going to be going out on today. Uh, which is uh, just reminding you that this is a great show. We're going to be going out on another five-star review. It's called Great Show. Sounds good. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. Take care. See you in 2016. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. (laughs) 